0: Oh, man. Oh, that's dark. Yeah. it's dark.
1: Dennis, how is your dark, dark happy hour going so far this well, week? Are you still doing uh, your quarantine miss?
0: Yeah, so my wife came up positive after she contacted with her dad, who was positive. And okay. She immediately threw her groceries in a garbage bag, and we separated th- rooms in the house, and right. each with our own bathroom, and me downstairs almost all the time, and the big, solid closing door to my bedroom that... Anyway, I, we were in, We never got within six feet of each other. and We always had mass on Right. So she got it, and right. I tested and negative. She's in her eighth or ninth day, which is when a lot of symptoms happen, and she's feeling sicker today. She's Man. coughing a lot more. She's tired. And uh, so I came up negative, so I am still quarantining until her symptoms are gone, recommended to be 14 days from the time of symptoms, which takes us to January 4th or 5th. Right. And so far, we've been so good at it that, the fact that I already could have caught it from her since my test, right. she's contagious. I don't have it, and you didn't at that, the time that was of the a test. Moment in time, right? That was a moment in time. Jesus. So I got to start to tell you. So I had never had a test, so there was this big snafu, and it was weird. And I got it all figured out at the end. But I make a phone call and I said, "I oh. want to." Is, is this my doctor's office? Yes, it is. Okay. They gave me scheduling. I said, "I need a test." My wife this, my wife that. She said, okay, come in and we're in, uh, we're in Richland. And I said, huh, all the way in Richland? And she said, yeah, because it's a 20-minute drive. And she gave me an address, and I remembered it as my new hospital, because I changed hospitals. And uh, I go there, and I say I said something like, all the way to Richland. And I said, all right, that's fine, I'm, I'm on my way. I'll be there in 15 minutes. And I get there and I go around and it says, she said to, to me, go around the back, there'll be a phone number, call the number, I call the number, hello, and I she says, hello, you've got a laboratory, we're in Kalamazoo. And I said, I'm in Richland, I'm out behind the door. And she said, they don't do, they, are they doing they don't do tests out there. And she said, they told me that they started today. but And she said, you've got the wrong number, so I'll forward it to you. And I did and they put me on hold and then told me I have to call back, blah, blah, blah. So the story gets longer. And worse, I go to the front and she says... We don't have any record of you having an appointment. We don't have anything. We don't have any notes that you were called. Huh. And, and I, I felt the I felt the need to say to her, "Well, well, we're, we're clear about one thing. I'm not making this up." Okay, I mean, you may you may have this incredulity about uh, what now? You talked and and so I said, "Well, maybe I'm totally screwed up, and I'm sure this is the address that I got." And I said something about 32nd Street, and then left. And uh, right away, a woman called me and said, "No, you want to take a test? You got to be in Kalamazoo, ten minutes from my house. So I go there." I say, all right, and I get a hold of the other place and say, I don't know what happened. And she said, I don't know either, but I'm going to get my supervisor. She put me on hold. And I hung up and went and got my test. So I pull in, and I never had a test. I rolled down the window, name, birthday, blah, blah, blah. She says, all right, I'm going to put this up your nose. I'm going I'm to leave it up there for 10 seconds. And you're going to cough, and you're going to want to sneeze, and it's perfectly normal. Just keep as still as you can. Uh, it's only going to take 10 seconds.
1: 10 long seconds. And I, kinda,
0: and I made several mistakes along the way the first one was looking in her hand to see what she had and noticing that it was about the size of a chopstick e. but more of a skewer for shrimp right? with a little white thing on the end of it and I looked and I thought now I remember people telling me they go pretty far back up
1: So we well, remember that, goes that, up. that cartoon of, of Trump where it goes to the back of his skull right,
0: right. <laughs> That's that's how it felt and that's how I described it to everyone so here's the thing: as I'm, as she's twirling away, counting to ten, like we're playing hide and seek, and she wants to give me plenty of time to hide. That's one. <laughs> that's two. And I'm like one, two. <laughs> time is and, variable. And
1: so it's relative.
0: As she pulls it out, another car pulls up, and a couple. She pulls it out, and I begin sneezing, and I've got a ferocious sneeze, that it is loud, and it, and, and we're in a garage, explosive in a an underground garage. So it's short quarters, my window's open, the windows of the other car's open because they're going to get tested. And they hear me sneeze, and they think it's hilarious to watch me rubbing my eyes uh. because this thing was so unnerving to me. And then to sneeze, not twice, three times, That chew, and rubbing my eyes and finding something to rub my eyes. With, and they were laughing and laughing, and I wanted to wait to see how they did it, to get it but right. I didn't think that I should. And so it it lasted a while, but then it comes up negative.
1: How long did it take to get the results?
0: They said what I've always heard, 48 to 72 hours. I found out the next morning. Nikki found out the same day. And this is
1: a town that's got this shit. They're responsive. You'd think after we've been doing this for a year, you'd think they could figure out, yes, clearly we should be focusing all our energy on creating the vaccine. But you think some auxiliary team could have been working on a, a more comfortable test, Right. Like,
0: oh, I'm, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. That this this stuff that they're putting out there now that they understand what the vaccine's all about. Obviously, they understand the molecular, molecular fucking makeup of the thing enough to kill it. Which means that they'll be able to get better and better at improving. That's but what it's, it's. amazing what they've done. In, in, yes, yes, for in, sure. Unless le- it's it's astounding. It's the it's astounding. It's fucking democracy at work. It's democracy so, and capitalism at work. It's what our country is is founded on, and it's got religious overtones <laughs> because we say every day, thank God we're, we don't have it, or thank God we're still alive. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I went, out to the, I went out to the home and saw grandma, man. It was sad. It was sad. She's on her bed. I wished her a happy new year. She wished me a happy new year. So yeah. my uncle passed. Okay. My 80, 83-year-old uncle passed. My dad's brother. Mm-hmm. So, not COVID, because yeah, COVID. Hell yeah, fucking a. He waited to go in until all they could do was make him comfortable. Yeah, or he deteriorated that quickly. he Had a lot of underlying conditions, but fascinating story about him. I'd I like it to tell it to tell it to you. Tell he, it. the last time I saw him, me and my two brothers went to go see him at his house, and this is his name is Rafty, and he's crafty because he can work with his hands. Uncle
1: Rafty. Yes. Sweet. Yes.
0: And so we go there, and, and all through his house, he has furniture that he's made out of cut wood and grandfather clocks that are made out of cherry, perfectly done. He's the master uh, woodsmith and, and, and has made stuff for all of us, especially my older brother. who, who He's closest to in an age. And, and he said, when I was in the Navy, we used to work in these rooms that were real. There were three rooms, and they were all full of equipment. And it was really hard for people to get around, and we came up with the idea that we should be building shelving into the hull of the ship more and move it out of the way. So him and a couple of other guys in the Navy, in these cram quarters, took some grid paper, graph paper, right. and laid out a plan on how they could create storage units that would reduce the clutter and store things in a way which opened the space up. So that the men could work smarter and better and safer, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And he said, "And I'm like my dad, in that who also was a carpenter, but more importantly, could draw. He was an artist, and he could draw. And a lot of artists, his his graph work when he was doing plans for building and, and whatnot were impeccably written. You just straight, just straight and beautiful. Right. So the Navy did this change based on his plan. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Wait. It's it's in." In defense of our great country, and, and he, and then they ended up loving it so much. And he drew all the stuff, and all the measurements were when, where all the stuff went. And they adapted the plan, they did it, and the entire navy adopted it. Wow, as a modification to their freaking warships. And it was an amazing story coming from him. And I'll tell you one more story about him. In so, fact, I'll do it now. Then, so the entire navy
1: has rafty shelves. I, th- I think we should brand.
0: the, 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 raft, the Rafty storage areas. Right. And, and so I'll tell you, I'll tell you th- what he said yep. to close down that story when the three of us were there at his house where all the things that he'd made were surrounding. But let me give you an image of this first is that I walk into a brewery in my hometown and I'm in a side door. It's a brick building. And when I open up this big stainless steel door, I walk into a bar that will comfortably hold about eight people with a bar behind it that could hold four people, very small room, all white tile, floor, ceiling, and stainless steel. And three tapped kegs built into the wall of the brewery's three top beers. Yes. And a little silver tray underneath it to catch the overflow. Right. And they would give you a glass that was only eight ounces. And it's about the size of what I would call a grapefruit glass. Right. It's not very big. Yeah. And and so the idea was when you're at the brewery, you walk in, it's where the employees got to drink. And so I walk in the brewery, and somebody's behind me. They say, can we help you? We're in street clothes, me and my buddy. And he said, yeah. I said, yeah, we thought we'd have a beer. And he said, oh, huh. And I said, so we're, I'm, I'm Rafty's nephew. Right. And oh, he said, oh. And just as he's saying that, comes Rafty around the corner. Now, I'm 40 years old, so he's about 58, 60 years old. He comes around the corner, and he's dressed all in whites. White pants, white T-shirt, white cap.
1: Not a Navy uniform. Like a just... Naval cap.
0: Yes, in a white bib. And he he waits. And he says, they're good with me. And the bartender says, so we just drank until we were blind. Until we were blind. It didn't take long. When you're drinking free beer in eight-ounce glasses, the time goes quickly. There was this interaction. So that was Rafty, and he was quick, and he was a bit gruff. We had some run-ins when I was a hippie teenager. He didn't didn't approve of my hippie ways, (laughs) to say the least. But that day, he was young, strapping Rafty working in the brewery, nice. where his uncle and my great uncle, Ed, was a brewmaster and created a brand of beer that uh, sold for years, Cook's, uh, Cooks Holiday Ale, nice. which sold uh, all over the place. So th- so anyway, now Rafty is 80, 70, 80 years old, and we're at his house, and he tells his story. And, and there he is, and we're in his living room, and there was this long pause where my three brothers and I just looked at him, and he looked at each one of us, and then he said, I always thought that was pretty remarkable that they used our plan and that I drew it. And it was the most conclusive and uh, definitive statement I ever heard from him in all of his 80 years, all of my 67 years, and the longest story I've ever heard him tell in my whole life. And, and so now he passed yesterday. Here's to Rafty.
1: Rest in peace, Rafty.
0: you, Major- buddy. He liked Boy, did he drink the Cook's beer, him and my dad. So one of the things they did, they were both mechanical. So they took a bicycle, they saw these plans, they took a two-wheel bicycle, a male bicycle, and they turned it upside down. And when they turned it upside down, they did some welding work on it, and they ended up creating a bicycle that you had to basically stand on the top of a car to be able to climb on. Because it was extended wheels, and it was about eight feet up in the air, and they built that bicycle. But they wouldn't let anyone Why? ride it. <laughs> the kids ride it. Mm-hmm. Well, because they wanted to see what it was like, and they were, it was dangerous as could be. I don't remember them ever being able to get it. I remember them having to, to take it apart. But that was one thing they did.
1: Like a penny farthing. So here's the thing. Isn't that the name Pardon? of the, isn't that the the, the old timey bicycles with a big front wheel? Isn't that called a penny farthing? No,
0: it wasn't like that. No, it was a two. It was a two wheeler. It was a thirty six inch two wheeler.
1: But it was just like it, elevated.
0: Yeah, just high up. <laughs> And they extended everything with welding and metal and right. longer and, chain. And, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. The reason that it didn't go any further and that we never got to ride it is we were too young. Because once we got older, the things that they built, the experiments that they had, we were the test dummies. They built a sled that weighed as much as a Volkswagen, <laughs> out of big metal strips with a car steering wheel to steer the front sleds on it. Nice. Which were old skis made out of wood, and it was big enough to hold three. Boys between the ages of 10 and 13. It was that long. And it was cu- like cushiony seats. And they took us to what's called Gowanda Hill, which is, if you ever go to Gowanda, maybe you can Google this and see Gowanda Hill, but it is a mother son of a bitch, steep downhill. If you put your car in neutral at the top of Gowanda Hill and you didn't put on the brake, by the time you get down to the bottom, you'd be 72 miles an hour. That's how steep the hill is Wow they took the sled and us boys the first virginal inaugural sledding of the Frankenstein sled they did put my 13 year old brother at the steering wheel and pushed us down that fucking road <laughs> And the last thing that my dad said in he was there
1: he said like here goes anything <laughs> nice it's like the internet uh, meme of hold my beer I, don't think, here goes some, here goes I don't
0: think I don't think that my mother was was aware of the, <laughs> the grand experiment. And we went into the ditch. I recall. We I mean, it, it was, it, and the thing was so heavy. Right. It was like a, a box car with fucking ski slides on it. Oh god, boy, it would have got up some speed.
1: That we reminds me of the uh, of the scene from uh, Christmas Vacation, where uh, Chevy Chase like lubricates <laughs> yeah. up a sled and then goes so fast that he like yes. ends up in a parking lot somewhere. Right. It's back when he was funny. Not so funny anymore. Wow, what a great guy. Refty and crafty. He, he was crafty.
0: One of the things we noticed when we walked into his house is that he had this this leather strap. And the leather strap was caught, the loop of it was over the, the arm, not the arm of a chair, but the, the backrest of the chair. Right. And uh, then hanging down from that leather strap is a, looks like a piece of bamboo, strong, sturdy bamboo. And at the bottom of it is a, a shoehorn. And so oh. it's something he made. And so when he walks in the room, he doesn't have to bend over and get his shoes on. Right. Bend it over his heartburns. So it's one of one of his one of his, and I'm sure, others' invention, but he built that himself. He's a, a very capable and patient man with his wood. Not so much for teenagers, mind you.
1: And, I have a lot, but of, he was, a lot of respect <laughs> and envy for people that are that good at crafting things that that can see a problem in their own life and be like, oh. I know how to fix this. I can build a thing that does this in a shape like this, and that I can hang on my chair. I, if, I'm like that in the computer space. If I have right. a if I have a, a thing that's annoying me with a computer, I can write a little script that makes my life right. easier for that. And right. some of my best some of my best work was is for an audience of one, where I'm the gonna, only going to be the only user. Like I have this script that that <laughs> turns audience
0: of one. You sound that, like
1: Trump. That <laughs> turns our someone. that that turns our mp3s that, that come out of this podcast and cuts them up into individual mp3s extracts the show art for each chapter and then builds a video that i then upload to to youtube for for our show it's a lot of work for no audience but it's, it's a sp- <laughs> now,
0: i saw some interesting data the other day and, and dare i repeat myself but we ended up 936 on one list and what was interesting to me and it jogged my memory and the record will show that at one point we were 642 or something like that. And I remember talking about that. So it's, we've gone down in this country where it was. I don't know. It wasn't, I know we would talk about Paraguay, but it wasn't that granular No,
1: they've, they've forgotten about us. The one guy was there like that was continent. Yeah. It was like generally in the Southern,
0: in South America somewhere. But yeah. Anyway, and so, so it is what it is, but I don't care anymore. I'm just, this is the best time I have. Whether anybody's listening or not, I had a great time. I get to laugh with it, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, Who's man. up? Where's Who's I? up? Hey, man. You growing a beard, man? I am. I you am. growing a beard? You looking like Maynard G. And guess who died today? Oh. Marianne. No. course name? Oh. oh, oh, oh.
1: Marianne. Yep. Yes.
0: The. I saw Ginger in a film the other day. She was celebrated. She was remarkable. She was remarkable. She was a little show shocked. You have to find the video. It's actually... No, I don't. It's worth showing. It's, it's worth showing. And it's sweet, but you'll know that there was a bit of a shell shock thing going on. What are we... Whoa, what you drinking there, bro? Dark beer?
1: Nah, that was just finishing off a, a leftover wine from dinner. I'm about to transition to a bit of Jack.
0: Hello, Jack.
1: Tennessee wiki. You don't know Jack. Yes, in honor of Nashville, where a huge bomb exploded... Um, seems like it was just one suicidal dude, but oh, he man. certainly messed up the downtown area.
0: Yeah. And so, what are the death
1: tolls? Just, just him. Three. Just him. I think so. Yeah, Some people, people were injured and populized. because, like, he he chose to do it. Was it Christmas morning? And Christmas morning, no one is at in downtown. Downtown. So
0: he played the Petula Clark song.
1: I don't know what that is, but downtown.
0: He was playing it out of the freaking van in some twisted fucking tribute to what he was about to do. You didn't hear that? No, I didn't. But Downtown. I, I, know,
1: I know I'm familiar with the song. You know the words? No. That's well, not you go there, That's dark. So it's so, yeah, so I, I just, right just right want to here, reflect out here. I just want to reflect a bit on how for a long time COVID has seemed like this thing that is out there and you read about it on the news and stuff. And already it's inside one of our homes, right? Yeah. And how yeah. it's presumably some particles of the virus have entered my home as well, just statistically. But so far it seems we're, we don't have any symptoms or reason to get tested. But it's wild. Like today, for my wife's birthday, we went out and, and had a glass of wine uh, at midday because oh, nice. that's the Spanish are all about day drinking. and. It and we ran into my son's best friend and their and, and his parents, and we had a, a brief social interaction. We we brought them around and, and talked for a little bit. And masks on social distancing. Mas- masks on social distancing. You put your mask aside to take a sip and put it back, but then I saw their son and my son talking to each other, six inches from nose to nose with their masks off, uh, and it occurred to me, look, what did you do? I didn't chastise anyone. Did you intervene? No, because it it, it had already been happening for so a while. Brief. When I no, like, like I noticed it, but after it had been happening for a while, and it occurred to me, okay, that means I and his parents are in the same quarantine boat, like we, because any if they have the virus in their house, their son has it in his lungs and right. would have given it to my son. So basically, you're just sort of assuming it's every time you have an interaction that's not that's not protected you know you're in you you add that to your to your tree of contacts and it's at that point once once your once your kids are talking to each other without a mask the parents might as well be i like obviously it's better if you can be with a mask but i don't know it's it's going to get around to all of us eventually and hopefully no, and,
0: and christmas so thanksgiving travel <clears throat> um had right there should be a huge was at 30% of former levels and it's responsible for what is now exploding and christmas ended up to be 35 in other words even more people traveled over christmas compared to thanksgiving and so it's going to explode again and in the meantime those fucking chumps in the white house have established a plan which is to ship stuff somewhere with absolutely no idea of what the fuck is supposed to happen with it then and so they're now claiming that they've shipped 19.9 million dosages and so all these dosages are sitting in these fucking facilities but they didn't bother to make a fucking plan with the states on how how was it supposed to be distributed and there was no help it's it's up to you
1: you're talking about the vaccine yes Yes. Yeah.
0: And 2 million people have been vaccinated. They promised, oh, 20 million in the clip after clip of them promising 20 million and them now saying we've delivered 19.9 million. So they loaded up boxcars of the stuff, boxcars, and dropped it off so they could say the next day, yeah, we've delivered 19.9 million. And But well, just so to the corner like, of,
1: of some street right, corner somewhere,
0: right? Corner of Six and Vine. Right. Corner of Six and Vine, there's a lot there. There used to be a community <laughs> garden. And so there's a lot of wooden pallets around, so they just dropped it off there and then moved on. Who the fuck
1: knows? Yeah, total landscaping, four seasons. Yeah. And so I I sent you that article today about how Trump has gone to Mar-a-Lago to spend the end of the year there and how Melania has been orchestrating some changes to to our dear leader's quarters and that he's pissed off about it. And he must just be in such a foul mood because... (laughs) It,
0: so what did she do? She made it less, she made it less gold, probably, right. and a little bit more for comfort and modern uh, uh, comfort rather than little thrones everywhere and and all this curlicue. And it's all gold and and it's all overdone and it's all just off. It's all for photos. And she's fuck that. We're gonna live here, bitch. I'm fucking redoing it. You get the fuck out of the way, Donald. Read your fucking nup, your prenup that I re-upped with a few changes on it, I'm in charge of decor. You can gripe all you want. We'll Go play the golf. Prenup. Get the fuck out of here. Shut up. She fucking hates him. She fucking, you really? Fucking, you don't
1: think they're madly in love? <laughs> <laughs> what a...
0: No, I think that she's she wants to make sure that she and her son and her family are comfortable for the rest of their lives. Wait. And bless her heart.
1: We one of the that was one of the discussions we had today with the uh, with the parents of my son's friend is about Melania and how first of all like you want to feel sorry for her because she's married to such a knucklefuck, but also she made a very conscious decision before he was president to hitch her uh her cart to that horse and for the explicit like uh reason of this guy is going to provide money to me for a long time and and,
0: and her parents who are now right. living comfortably and
1: her son Although that wasn't never i don't think, think that. that was part of the original decision i, I don't think she was like i'm gonna, uh, I'm, gonna I'm gonna oh yeah, mar- yeah. i'm well, gonna marry this guy re- so was, that she yes, can was, so that my parents can get yeah. to america that's it was redone yeah. i'm
0: talking about version two right uh prenup point uh two zero right you're talking about prenup one point zero yes and so what the fuck i don't give a shit about her I just hope that he fucking and the thing that he's done. He's so funny. It's like, how do you like him now, Mitch? <laughs> now that he's gone against you, and he's <clears throat> trying to embarrass you with this two thousand dollars stimulus package, and Mitch McConnell, he's he's so transparent. He says, we'll vote on that two thousand, but I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put a a commission there to do the investigation of the of the election, which Trump also wants. And I'm also gonna put in there this foul fucking thing that nobody will vote for. And it's a up, up or down vote. So they, they everybody gets to say, I would have voted for the 2000, but this other bad thing was in there. And it gives the guys a way out. Right. And we'll see what fucking Trump does. He's busy playing golf.
1: What a great day. An epiphany, perhaps. January 6th is going to be for for, for Mike Pence, where he's going to have to preside over the official certification of the election. He won't do it. He won't do it. He won't show up. No, he won't. Did I send you that that video? I did, where the Lincoln Project ha, is is claiming yes. that Pence is walking yes. away from Trump, and the fact that and the
0: dagger, the dagger that will kill him, the uh, dagger that and Pence is the dagger that will kill him. Right, so
1: something along you think, those lines. You think the vice president will not show up for that? No, I session? know he won't.
0: It'll be the second time in American history that it's happened. The first time it was because the vice president, serving as president pro tem, had been defeated in the election, and because he didn't want to be responsible for claiming his own defeat, he handed it over to the next in line, and the next in line did it. who I think was the speaker of, or, you know, the president pro-tem number two, whatever the fuck that is. And so it's not unprecedented, and all Pence has to say is, there's enough questions about this, and I'm loyal enough to this president, and blah, blah, blah. He won't do it. He won't do it. Pence can't. Pence has no political career with his base if he does this. He won't do it, interesting. And they're gonna they're gonna create the excuse. That's one of the things that Trump and Pence have been doing through Trump, is to make sure that Trump can keep saying how illegal it all is, and never ended. It never stops. It's always another court case. Just until Mike Pence is saying, keep it going, Trump. Keep saying the shit and taking it to court and questioning it all because. By the time that's still not going to be resolved, and I can say there are too many unresolved questions, I can in good conscience. Blah, blah, blah. You watch what happens. But he'll be the second in history. So it's duh. Who gives a fuck? Well, who you. you, you, you Jeff, there's there's no way. Chris Christie's already running. He'll eat those guys alive. Alive. Well, He's the toughest, smartest motherfucker out there in the Republican <laughs> Party right now. Chris Christie.
1: Well, there's no way this is this episode is being released before you're either proven right or wrong. So anyone listening to this will know if you are a, whether a, I am a or sage, not a sage, a sage or a
0: what did I just predict? I've forgotten already.
1: You predicted that aliens are going to come down <laughs> and uh, and mate with Donald Trump, make him pregnant with little alien babies, or at least that's what I saw online. Hashtag QAnon.
0: Yes. Hey, I like, I like Mike Flynn's uh, interview where he says, look, it's not unprecedented that the president of the states call martial law. We can go into these states, these suing states, and we can confiscate the ballot boxes, and we can essentially have the military run a new election in those states. He's on camera. He's just been pardoned, which means that he's admitted guilt. You can't accept a pardon without being guilty. You've got to admit it. So he's he's guilty of this shit, and he's saying this crazy stuff The Joint Chiefs of Staff issue a fucking statement That say the military has no role in election in the United States It's like, what are you guys going to say next? Get the fuck out of here Oh, it doesn't come soon enough Oh, it just goes on and on and on It's like a fucking nightmare and the COVID is raging. People are dying. There's somebody dying every thirty fucking seconds. Yeah. Every thirty seconds, every they day. They don't care. It's a nine eleven every day. They don't care. Yeah. And they're talking about fucking renovations, in Largo. Really? Mm. There's a photo I saw today that you can probably raise pretty quick. It's a photo from him at the golf course, and it's interesting because the ball, a golf ball, is in midair, and whether it's being thrown to him or is tossing it is beyond my point because the golf ball and the way his hand is, there's an interesting meme there. So you look at the picture and you post it and you put the meme in there because you'll know exactly what you put it in the chat box. You got something in the chat box. What do you got in there?
1: Yeah. When I was a little bit late. So, so when I search for Trump golf ball, all I get are golf balls that have his logo on it.
0: Trump on the golf course today. Today.
1: Yeah. Not, Nothing
0: coming up Uh, for search yet. It was was on my major feed of some kind, but it's just, it's, it's fascinating that his life is so unaffected by being the president of the United States.
1: He would beg to differ, I believe. He's got to be so annoyed by all of this. I mean, I got to be, I got to be there. He's
0: not changing his schedule. He's, he gets, he says, ah, fuck, I'm still president. Gets up, eats his bacon. That he eats for for breakfast. He doesn't like breakfast, but he often, you know, well, would just chew on some bacon, and then and then he'll watch television, and 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 then he'll end up ordering out Kentucky Fried Chicken or uh, McDonald's or whatever. And then after he finishes that up, he gets a whole bucket of chicken. He gets a small bucket. Eats when he gets his pizza, which he eats a lot of pizza, he takes the top off the pizza. and Doesn't eat the crust. And he just orders pizza. it's the only way to eat it. Like and, first part of the worst part of
1: pizza is the bread. bread. It's like yeah. a pizza. Is,
0: I, I want a bowl of pizza of an, toppings. What kind of an animal
1: would do this? I would like yeah. a bowl of a bowl of pizza toppings, please.
0: <laughs> so I gotta tell you, you're not gonna want to hear this. And It may be one of the final, it will be the final time this year that I say this. The other day I was channel surfing, and I came upon Moonstruck, and I went to Moonstruck, and I watched the whole movie
1: again. Is that a movie? <laughs> I had heard, heard about this. So here's a question for you. Yeah.
0: When you go see it, when you see it, because it'll be worth your while, you got to be wondering about the age difference between Nicolas Cage and Cher. Because at the time, Nicolas Cage was 23 years old. He had just done Raising Arizona, which he did when he was like 21, 22 years old. And then there was another crazy thing he did in there, but not so much. And Cher is 41. And this chemistry between them is so authentic. And it's such a funny movie. But I had to tell you that I saw it again. Which you could care less. You have no idea what I'm talking about. You've never seen the movie. I want you to may though. never
1: see. Hey, look, man, we're on episode number ninety one. I think maybe for the for when we cross a hundred. You'll watch it nine weeks for from now. birthday?
0: Yes. You'll watch it by the hundredth? Okay. Okay.
1: Or or 104, which would be the actual two-year, if we're counting weeks, but maybe by 100. That's a nice round number, arbitrarily, base 10, whatever.
0: So did you see the last episode of Your Honor?
1: No. Damn it. I knew last night. I was thinking, there, there must be a show that I'm waiting for the next episode of, but I forgot that it was Your Honor. Uh, Fifth episode early. So in the last two nights, I've watched a movie on Netflix. It's by the guy that made Black Mirror, which I keep telling you you have to watch, eh, Charlie Brooker, and it's called uh, Death to Two Thousand Twenty or something like that. And it's this mockumentary where they are interviewing people and talking about what happened in twenty twenty, and it's so there's so many famous people in it. The primary narrator is Samuel L. Jackson, and then they have Hugh Grant dressed up as a as like an academic. Because
0: he, he told I saw a, a quick advert for that. Okay, and then, you- then double? Yeah, I saw his picture anyway. So and thought it would be interesting to come back to him. And, and 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 just say this quickly: is I saw the a whole beginning of Notting Hill uh, today with him, and and wanted to Google and didn't. How old was he when that was? Because he was so fucking young. Yes, and I remember him. The, that, that
1: is Hugh Grant to me. Is Notting Hill?
0: Hugh Grant It's a stammering, right? A stammering way. Yes, you know, and Julia Roberts in her she's so good yes she's so good when she kisses him at the doorway is are you kidding me <laughs> yes <laughs> he, he plays it perfectly he's crazy he's crazy smitten oh my god so i had to leave him i'm finally cleaning out my office and getting rid of stuff i've been gathering for years i'm quarantined back here with a and I'm taking a table out because it's crowded and giving me more light from the window
1: Wait, and wait, wait, wait. And just, the table was blocking sh- light from the window?
0: A bit, yeah. It's a floor-to-ceiling window, and I had a uh. table that was holding a bunch of nothing. The fact is, I put the table there because the table had to move from where it was, which is upstairs in the third floor library uh, play area up there. It wouldn't even fit. So I said, look, it'll well, fit in front of this window. And I put it there, and all it did is just a place to put
1: shit. And, just, and you opened the window and, it and threw the table in. out?
0: No, I like the table. It's a mm-hmm. little folding table, man. And it's one fold. of those that, well, it's round, but it folds down. So it's narrow. It's round, but it folds and down. And it's yes. got wings on it.
1: So if you had thrown hey, it out the window, it could have it. It flown away. It
0: could have. Speaking of wings and, on the window, I've been listening to a lot of John Prine. And one of the most amazing things- Another COVID casualty. Had, been, yes. And he, underlying conditions. But still. But I'm listening to his lyrics- and just he's a genius. understanding how simple he, he made things. He's, he told this story about going to this bar when he was playing and he was younger and he'd been playing there for six weeks and he, or six months and it was the longest he ever played anywhere and he thought the same people are coming. He said, I think he got nervous or, or was worried or concerned or whatever. He said, think of it. I bet you they'd like a new song. So he was in the car driving to the place and he wrote this song. And then he played it there for the first time. And it is it is just so amazing. I think one of the lines is uh, he's driving the car through dirty windows and, and sad smiles. You you know, it's hard to see your it's hard to see your smile or your face. It's just so lovely.
1: And why is this fucking and- light red? I'm trying to get to my gig. <laughs> hey, watch out asshole. Of, yeah. of why I love, why I love,
0: uh, country ballads that are just real simple. I've got, I'm going to be writing some songs with my son-in-law. All uh, right. and i I've got one that the image that I want is, and maybe I'll sing it a little later, but it is of the, the woman, the love of my life meeting her in a bar in South Texas. And in that bar, As we talk and talk and talk and drink some beer, that when it's clear to her that there's something happening, that there's a tear that rolls off her eyelashes onto her cheek. And that's the image. And I've been thinking for years, You've all right, so what happens next? And it's, wait a minute, no. That's all that happens. (laughs) That's it. That's the whole song. It doesn't need to be anything more than
1: that. Exactly. It's a moment in time that is forever special where you're... Your tear done dropped off your eyelash.
0: Right. Now it needs the middle 16 to take it somewhere. And I think it just came to me. It's a, there's a teardrop on my pillow. Oh, I caught it in my hand. Now I'm home and you're still with me. So I hope you understand. I don't want to lose this teardrop. It will make me sail to sleep. Oh, I just love this sweet teardrop. It help me go to sleep.
1: That's the middle sixteen. I love the sail to sleep metaphor. But because and so, everyone talks about sleep being like a land over there that I want to get to, but I haven't used I haven't heard the, the verbs to sail there used. Maybe like your, your sweet breath can push day. my sails to sleep, or something. I don't know. Yes. Eh? Yes. Your snoring is pushing my sails.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's do it. Let's see. Let's see. Here's a from a woman's standpoint. A woman's standpoint. Channel the woman. He. He knows. He knows he's snoring. He knows he's snoring. He can't ignore it. He can't ignore it. I think I'll kill him. I'll think I'll kill him. He can't ignore it. He can't ignore it. He, he's like a whale breathing there with the tail under there. I think I'll kill him. I want to kill him. He knows he's snoring. He knows he's snoring.
1: Okay. My wife wrote that. You just plagiarized
0: you are the king snorer she you can go back to an episode where we talked about this I certainly did where your fucking snoring was reverberating off the wall between our two bedrooms and it was mechanical it was sort of like the sound you'd expect when there was a battleship and they were moving their heavy guns around and there was metal clanging against metal and there was reverberations and the floor and the walls were shaking it was a violent cosmic seismic interaction which i've set up in bed and looked at the wall and said out loud are you fucking kidding me it was like the movie from scrooge the scene from scrooge when he's starting to hallucinate and the dude comes flying through the wall but the first thing he has to do before he flies through the door is he's going to make an impression on the metal door so you can see it's a man and then he breaks through that's what i thought was going to happen it would have been that would have been weird that would
1: have been weird. a man's got that to drive his night tractor, right? That's, that's all I'm doing. Driving my night tractor. You were wild then, you're wild now. Did you see the news earlier today? Another sad COVID death of a guy from Louisiana who had been elected just to Congress election. and at age 41, 41, I think.
0: I just saw his name. Where's he from? <clears throat> Do you recall? I, uh, I did not read it, and I meant to.
1: I, I looked I was around today. Luke Letlow. Yeah, he, and of course, he's at age 41. He's got uh, small kids and stuff. And he was from the district's, it's not New Orleans, it's the northern, it follows, uh, Louisiana is shaped like a sock. His district is also shaped like a sock because, you know gerrymandering uh he is what's the name of the parish da, 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 da. he was raised in start east of monroe da, da, da. wow that's
0: down in the bayou man that is down in the bayou yeah That is whoa <clears throat> so
1: yeah for, and then uh, he went to
0: he moved north of new orleans parish to Jefferson Parish,
1: maybe? No, Jefferson is where my colleague is from. Your buddy is? Yeah. Uh, no, nor- his district is in the, touches the northern edge of Louisiana, as well as the northern part of the foot, so to speak.
0: So uh, to mention Jefferson a minute, I, and stop me if I've told you the story, but I, maybe I did. Where I went to go see the judge, and the judge in Jefferson was a born-again Christian, and he didn't have a desk. So when you walked into his office, there, what, it was what what looked and felt like a pew for two people. Sat on the edge, and then in the front of his office was a lectern, that was turned so that was facing the wall. So when he was at his lectern, his back was to you. And in front of his lectern, he had three computer screens, at least two computer screens, two 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 computer screens. And then all around him is books. And so when he when you walked into the room, the whole middle of the room was empty. There was no furniture. There was a lectern. It was empty.
1: Facing the wall.
0: Yes. Facing screens. Two computer screens. So he was, it was a standing desk. Yeah,
1: hey, I've heard of a stand yeah. He used it just-
0: as a stand, but he was, fa- and so you would come to his office and I can't remember, he was, had to pull up a chair and, and to sit knee to knee. And he says to me, he says, do you know what Chuck Colson, let's see, what was it? Do you know what Chuck Colson and, and Brooks suits have in common? Chuck Colson and Brooks Brothers suits. And I said, no, no, judge, I, I don't. And he said, exactly. This is it. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. The Brooks Brothers suit signifies that you're a gentleman. Okay. And this is what we need to do. And he went and got a book about how to be a gentleman. He said, we're going to teach this in prison. We're going to teach how to be a gentleman in prison. We're going to teach manners. And when they pass a certain standard of review for their manners, they will remove the word prisoner Above their number, which actually is says offender, not prisoner, but offender, and right. then a number, and instead put in the word gentleman.
1: Gentleman forty nine, whatever, yeah. G- gentleman one
0: zero four zero two six three. And 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 we're right. And Chuck Colson, of course, was in prison, and, and went through prisoner reentry and wore a Brooks Brothers suit before he went in. And he went in a gentleman. He stayed a gentleman. He was there. He probably wrote the book about it. God only knows. I met Chuck Colson. I was in in the back of a limo with Chuck Colson. And uh, uh, he gave me a ride. He gave me a ride. And it was interesting because I worked down in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Chuck had done his promo stuff for his Christian stuff that he was doing, his Christian reentry stuff after prison. And he published this uh, article, kind of an editorial in the paper. And I wrote a letter to the editor. And I said that it's interesting that in order for these men to get the help they need, you're insisting that they need to be saved. I think the way that we need to bring God into their life is, if at all, if they so choose, to just help them. And the editor was so impressed by my letter that he put our editorial side by side. And it was an interesting moment, and it it was good for my organization, which I was running at the time down there out out of a Presbyterian church. And so wherever we were going, he rolled down the window and said hello to me and said, can I give you a ride? And we had a, uh, a talk on the way to where we were, we were both speaking. And the editor of the newspaper, which was one of the sponsors for the speaking gig, was doing promo stuff. And so the place was filled up and we were, I remember the talk and we were good with each other, but- interesting. Wait, so
1: and, are you referring to Chuck Colson, the first member of the Nixon administration to be incarcerated for- yes. Watergate-related charges? Yes. Wow. He yes. we went to prison.
0: And so he gave me this piece that I have in my room somewhere, and I'll bring it to the next show if you remind me. He found out about
1: prison fellowship.
0: Yes. Yeah, so I worked with them for years and years. And years. Huh. But he gave me a, what looks like a key. And the key is big enough to fit into the biggest, one of the biggest wooden doors that you would see. a eight-foot wooden door, a big key, with a big round end on it. And the, the, the part of the key that goes into the lock, the stem, is actually a, a crucifix. And in the handle of it is another sign of Christ. And he, he gave me this. A Jesus Key. And uh, I've still got it. I've still got it somewhere. Wow. Worked with them for years. He, the, the man became a believer. He was the real deal. I've got a couple of his books. brilliant. Brilliant man.
1: He received 15 honorary doctorates. How man. long was he in prison? Where's, where's, How long was he in prison? Where's my, where's my honorary doctorate? Shit. I'm producing this podcast. How long How was, long he, in was he in prison? Career after prison, indicted prison ministry He was indicted on March 1st, 1974. After taking the fifth, he was still convicted. He served seven months in Maxwell Correctional Facility in Alabama with briefings he 15 leave. doctorates in seven months. Well, no, they're honorary after honorary honorary oh, doctorates. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that.
0: I think you just get those. Yeah. You'd have to do it, you do what you, you I, get them for what you've done in your life, not anything
1: you've done with the university. Right. I think this podcast is worth at least two doctorates each,
0: <laughs> for a total of four. Right. Hey, so right, jot yourself a note. Read the novel Bear Town. B e a r t o w n. Do you do you watch hockey? Do you enjoy hockey?
1: I know that it is a, it is a sport.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not a I'm with, not an avid fan. But and- let me tell you then. You'll like it for at least kind of the same reason I did, was because I don't follow hockey. I don't watch it. And this was a glimpse into the world of hockey that I never would have understood otherwise. Never would have understood otherwise. And uh, you'll like
1: it. Beartown by Frederick Backman.
0: Yes. And he was uh, well known for a man called Ove,
1: which preceded Ah, this novel. Yes. And for which he won some accolades. Yes. Dallas. Ove is in his oeuvre. Yes, I will link to this in the show notes at fm slash zero nine one nine one ninety one. Oof. Nine
0: one.
1: You're going to see Moonstruck. Oh, I'm I'm just so excited. Yeah, it'll be weeks from now. I still have three more weeks to go on the beard until why? Because I'm I'm I refuse to shave while Trump is president. That's my oh, that's my oh. edge. And, I'll do that with you. I'm I'll gonna come. I'm gonna come right up to I the edge of week. having to learn beard maintenance. Like, I'm getting pretty. Like, it's getting a little. At some point, one would need to learn how to trim a beard.
0: But at some point, one would. And so, this is the thing: is that there's a couple ways to do this. One is that when you look at your face and you see the hair growing there, and in, in, in fits and starts here and there, what you want to do is that you want to accentuate what your face, what your beard is telling you. And so, when you shave, if you look closely at my beard, you'll see this right here. See this
1: cut? I see that. See cut. this cut? Yeah.
0: Here, these are cuts. Yeah. That's the strength of my beard. See this cut here? That's a there's cut. Short little hairs in there. Now there's not any hair there. So you, what you, you look at your face and you say to your beard, beard, tell me, where are your strong points? And then you cut to that. And <laughs> then as that part of your beard goes longer, it tells you more because one of the things it could tell you is that where you're headed, and this is possible, you're headed toward a fucking billy goat. Now, if you have a true billy goat, it's a cool thing. I can trim mine like a billy goat, and I had a billy goat once that was just here, and it came down to there, and my wife said, if you don't cut that thing out, I'm not going to touch you.
1: <laughs> nah, you said. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's so my what I need to do research on is the order in which I cut it to achieve the maximum number of beard styles as I'm going down to nothing. So obviously, the very last is going the mustache. Going down, to nothing. What so do you mean going down. When I eventually shave, you're going to shave it a piece at a time. There are different potential beard styles. Like you've got your uh, your yes. goatee, which I can't really pull off. Or oh, uh, no, you
0: got a Van Dyke. You got, a, you got a great Van Dyke. That's what I would start with. I've got a great Van are When you've grown it, particularly if you've got a little billy goat thing going on. So uh, the, the first thing I would do is that on your cheek, I would leave what essentially will look like a mutton chop.
1: Mutton chop and is And then the there'll word be a different.
0: space that's about, let's say, put three fingers up there, a three finger space after your mutton chop to your Van Dyke. So put your fingers in your face. Let me see. Three fingers towards your Van Dyke. Turn toward me. Turn
1: toward me. Hold on. T- t- Come on, you can do this. I I, hold on. I don't know what a Van Dyke is.
0: Turn, turn to the. Turn to, what? You don't know what a Van Dyke is? <laughs> no. Why would I? You got to Google it. Dick Van Dyke? You got I mean, to Google a Van Dyke? Holy I fuck.
1: I don't know. The you beard. Me? Hold on. That's Van Dyke. Generational? Is yeah, so it's. No, the Van Dyke is the mustache and the.
0: Yes. And the billy goat. But I'm saying add to the Van Dyke mutton chops. And that's why which, i is saying. mutton chops is, is,
1: is, is that, right? So if this
0: came down like this, yeah. I could shave this off, and it would look like mutton chops. Right. But you don't want to lose your chin, even though that's quite a thing. This is what I would do. I would grow a billy goat, because that's where you're headed. Your beard is it got some thickness here, but in the front underneath your chin, it's particularly thick. I keep And on. so when you trim that and let that grow, it, it, it just trim your cheeks and trim on your neck so that it accentuates
1: that. But I'm not going to. Yeah. What do you mean? I wasn't going to shave until, gonna what? until— No, no, you're not shaving. You're trimming. Uh. You're just trimming. You're
0: trimming the cheeks. You won't shave at all. You I'm, won't touch a razor to your neck.
1: I don't know. It's. I'm not, You
0: said you were going to undo it a bit at a time.
1: I'm not a. See- you're no, no. Go wild. It's, no, on the you're day. Go wild. Like on the um, day that I do it, I was going to take some selfies. To. Uh, I, I did that, but I had
0: a, I had a, a huntsman's beard, that was uh, almost tit low. <laughs> not tit low. only did I shave different bits of the the beard off, but I had different hats that I wore. So one of my favorites is speaking of of mutton chops at one point i took my chin right here and i completely shaved it off so that my mutton chop went all the way down
1: as no. long as my
0: long beard did yes and a mustache and a, and a mutton chop with a with a clear chin and i put on a round derby of course now, you, if you did. want to, they'll find this photo and post it at my funeral i hope so i hope someone makes note of this that. Um, that day when i did what you're thinking about doing i did three or four different photos and at one point fuck now no mutton hats. chops with the mutton chops there and the top hat, as I recall, the next thing I did was I turned, took the mutton chops off and instead kept a Fu shoe that right. went all the way down the length of my beard. And for that, I put on a multicolored tie-dyed uh, handkerchief over my head and tied it in the back so that I was the hippie dude. I need to see these photos. These pictures are available online. You're, you're like, you could find them. You can find anything. You found that article for me. I was impressed. I Googled the title.
1: You told me the title of the article and I typed it into Google and it came out. I didn't even type it. I I copied and pasted.
0: Magical. Magical. I did the same thing. I didn't get it. I did the same thing. You got more power than me or whatever. I don't know, man. Google. I Googled it. Nothing
1: happened. It's my concentrated Google foo energy. I can channel. You know what
0: I found today when I cleaned my office? A rabbit. The actual magazine. That the writer sent to me. I hadn't seen it in the actual 12, magazine. 13 years. Oh,
1: from the article yeah. that
0: we were just talking about. That you found.
1: you should read that. You should read that
0: interesting story about that. Should. It's probably for offline though. I don't want to get sued. <clears throat> you
1: shouldn't bother me but so I successfully delivered bicycles to my family for Christmas.
0: Ah, we discussed that that was
1: pending yes. last time. Let
0: and out the garage, the new garage.
1: Yes, and I also went <sighs> so like the week that we bought the garage we, while my wife was there concerned about some dripping drops from the rain outside while she was there, a big chunk of the ceiling fell off onto the floor, missing the car. But it there was anyway, there's some humidity issues, but again, like we live at sea level and this is an, an underground garage. So of course, the humidity. Right. but also it also rains a lot here. So anyway, last weekend I went, I, I was going to go in the afternoon <laughs> And my wife said, you don't need daylight for that. You can do that at nighttime because it's underground and it's all artificial light. You don't need to go during the daytime. Let's use the daylight to, we've done three, three sessions with my son, with my seven year old son who knows how to ride a bicycle, but this particular bicycle is a little bit too big for him. And so it's hard. It's hard to manage. It's hard to get on. It's hard to get off. 26. 26 or less. 24, maybe. No, 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 no. Okay, whatever, more than I do, apparently, from that last instance. So it, so it's awkward to get onto and off of. And so yeah, we spent a yeah, lot of time yeah, yeah. Uh, this past week where I would be there around him to catch him if he fell when he got on. And then he would say, okay, I'm going to go 75 yards over there. And I would run over there to be there when uh-huh. he got off. Because sometimes when he got off, he couldn't hold the bicycle up and he would fall over. So we did some of that. So I'm curious.
0: I'm curious. Did you do the, what we're going to do is you're going to hang out of the handlebars? You're going to take a couple of steps. You're going to push the bike. You're going to put your left foot on the lower pedal, and you're going to lift yourself over as
1: you're moving. Look, that's so interesting. I that's the way I get on a bicycle. And I was talking to my wife, like we're teaching him of being over start. But I think that's a later, that's a more advanced method. We're starting him with being over the bar to start with. Holding him. Yeah, no, he's, he he can barely touch on, on, on tiptoes. And then with one of the pedals higher, stepping up out of the pedal and getting on the seat and then continuing with the other pedals. And I mentioned to my wife after many of these, many of these starts, I, I said, I don't, that's not how I get on a bicycle. I do what you just said, where I put my left foot on and then I give a, give a push and then I swing my leg over. And I don't know how common that is around these parts, but anyway, we did some of that and he's improved a lot. But since then it started raining and it's going to rain for three weeks oh, we, ha- we can't do anything. Too bad. We so, so,
0: no. so I,
1: I went, I went in the evening to clean up the garage because there were some like buckets of like paint buckets, but they were just full of water that the previous owner had left. And so I went to clean all that out and I also went and I took a hammer and I knocked down whatever else was going to fall. Was going to fall. Yeah. So like I had to go there, pull the car out with the hammer and knock down stuff. And then clean it all up uh, with with a broom and a dustbin and, and then take it all out to the garbage. And uh, the, at first with my first trip to the, up to the dumpster, I left the garage area and the door closed behind me. And I realized, oh, wait, I left the key in the garage door. So I don't have a key to get into the, to the, to the area where the garage is. And right. uh, so I got briefly locked out. And it was cold, and because I was working hard, I was like down to like short. Sweaty. I was like down to short sleeves, and and so I, I called home and I said, "Hey, can you tell my eld- our eldest daughter to bring me the key?" But my eldest daughter was out with her friends on the other side of town, and so I was able to call her. And but eventually, some other car came out of the garage, and I was able to, to get ah. in. And then I said, "Never mind, I'm, I'm okay." But so anyway. I spent two hours there cleaning stuff out, and there was a big piece of concrete that was there for some reason that I took out. Anyway, I got it all cleaned up, and so
0: who has to repair that? You the you own it now.
1: We own the garage, but the fact that there's humidity is part is the responsibility of the building. So, in theory, the building administration will pay for that, but we're not holding our breath. I think, yeah. Uh, Like already there's a big, there's a big, there's a part of the wall that's like always wet from the rain. It's all moldy and shit that we're just going to be like, okay, whatever. So we'll try not to store. It's so
0: expensive. It's so expensive. And the thing is to fix that, it's, say it's expensive. Why is it expensive? It's expensive mainly because of the labor. You just, there's no way to get around it. When you've got something like that, that you're trying to say, you've got to dig a ditch on the upside of it, way below the depth of the wall
1: itself but like and we, we, we live in a, live in a place where to work it but i live in a place where if you dig down 10 feet you're at water you will at high tide right the, the, there's
0: but this your garage is built into a hillside isn't it
1: no it's just down into that area it, but i don't know it, some way there must be some way to drain water better than having it drip 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 in my garage but anyway, we're gonna we're gonna start filling it with things that won't deteriorate with humidity. But at the moment, we've got four bicycles in there, in a car. So,
0: hey, did you did you end up listening to the tune I sent you by the Mavericks?
1: No, I have several emails from Dennis that are in my to watch. Uh, I will watch that and th- think upon it. Uh, so anyway, this this Netflix thing about Death to Twenty Twenty or whatever it was called, it was. It was just a satirical take on 2020. It's what you would like, like The Onion or somebody like that to, to talk about the year in review. They had Tracy Ullman playing Queen Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Which Have you seen her show? The Tracy Ullman show Tracy from Ullman a long show. time ago? Yeah. Yeah, she's remarkable. She is responsible for The Simpsons. They, in what way? That The Simpsons started out as a short cartoon thing on her show. Uh, um, so like Matt Groening proposed hey can we do a little segment on your show with this animated cartoon of yellow people and she was like okay so she launched she's responsible for that and i didn't know that and after watching after watching the end of that movie last night i had a dream where i was just i was like out walking a dog with tracy ullman and it was just weird we were just there together you know how dreams are anyway the worst thing you can do is, is tell someone what happened in your dream because no one gives a shit like, yeah, I was there, and but it, it was you. But it like, wasn't you? And and then there was like, we walked through a door, and, it, and then we were like in another place, man. And let's shut the fuck. up. Don't talk about dreams. But anyway, Dennis, good luck with your household COVID recovery. I cannot. Yes. I cannot. You know what, what I, was I was thinking
0: like, too. I was thinking as Christmas was approaching, how blessed we are that we're going to be able to have Christmas Day together, and so many people couldn't, and it just happened so suddenly. It just so he's got it, she's got it. It's in the house. Mask, Clorox,
1: been drinking been... Clorox.
0: Maybe it's just something that we could to look into. I mean, somehow right. clean out the Injection. clean out the system. Injection is the way. It... Or light, or light to somehow flood light, Little and uh, maybe that would help. And we have we talked about this? She's in the background, knowing that she can't make any facial expression. Yeah she can't make any she's frozen stiff she's damned if she does she's damned if she doesn't she's got to be 100% neutral she's the best at it but i swear to god her eyes narrow
1: that moment was in the film her face. that moment was in the film hey, so, I was oh
0: yeah oh that's great it's one of the juliani's how, how about Giuliani's turn in the new borat
1: movie no that did was you see that, a clip of that i i watched that movie did I, you yeah did you so what'd no, you think I don't have a lot of patience for the Borat character and stuff because a lot of it feels it feels like punching down. It feels like you're it feels like making fun of people that are stupider than Sacha Baron Cohen is. But basically the whole movie, like the, the part that was leaked of Giuliani is, is the climax. Two seconds. No pun no pun intended. That's the whole point of the movie, was building up to that and then nothing. So well, he wrote it he wrote
0: it as a way to try to tear Trump down which is what his point was. He never would have guessed in a million years that Giuliani would hand him that uh, scene. Right. No but, 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 but
1: af- afterwards it was edited around that as the primary <laughs> gold nugget of the film, in my opinion. Yes. it. I don't know this whole thing of like, he spent some time living. And again, it's not just spending some time living with some Trump knuckleheads. It's spending time living with some Trump knuckleheads where they have agreed to allow a camera crew into the, the situation. So it, I don't know. It, it feels, it it feels weird. It feels like in the same way that I'm, that I don't really appreciate when they do these things where they go out and they interview people and then they pick out the ones that are the most ignorant about, can you point to Michigan on a map? And they're like, I don't know. Is that a country? Uh, and, and, then live they, there. And, and then they take, and then they, and then they go to downtown Detroit and they're like, where's Michigan on the map? And mm. Point one percent of the people say are don't know, and then they like cut that out, and they're like, "Look at these people, these morons from Michigan—they don't know even where their state is." So that's that sort of tricky. Yeah,
0: it's well, but, it's low—it's certainly lowbrow humor to
1: yes, to say the least. It's yes.
0: such a parody, and the only but there is some genius it, behind Borat. I, I will give the part that I like is the fact that people that I am glad to see they are fooled are fooled. I—I I was I, it was uncomfortable to see Rand Paul in in the bedroom scene and it drove home the point of how scared he was because he looked scared you know as you would be too somebody was fucking posing as an interviewer and obviously coming out dressing a fucking tutu with your fucking balls hanging out i mean jesus christ it's up to give fucking old man a heart attack so it's it's base humor uh Ed. but when it's when it's giuliani i can hold my nose for all the rest of it
1: i agree i agree when you're exactly th- and that's what i'm that's what i say about punching up is when you're making fun of the people that are in right. power right. fine have at it make them look like the f- most dumbest fools but a lot of it is dealing with just your random yokels in town and mm-hmm. that part is a little bit distasteful in my opinion but
0: well listen bro this is our this is our final segment of 2020 Yes, we won't be on the air again. And raise raise the toast to you and yours. Cheers, my man! Happy uh, holiday with your with your uh, Jack Wicky. Did you see the movie Family Man with Nicholas Cage and Cheadle Don Cheadle, where Don Cheadle plays a angelic what the fuck kind of character? And yes, where and, where
1: there's a there's like a deal with the devil where he switches from from being the rich. Him,
0: it's to teach him. It's to teach him a lesson. Yes, I have seen that. He doesn't. He doesn't not need anything. He doesn't have everything.
1: I saw he that he in the cinema, I think. Needs.
0: Yes. But in the store where the scene happens where Cage buys his, his his lottery ticket from him, and as he's heading out the door with him with his eggnog that he bought, uh T- character looks and says, Come on, Jack, let's go. And they get outside, and, and Cage's character says, So, how did you know my name? He said, I don't know your name. I call all you guys Jack. <laughs> nice. That movie's so from the year 2000 yeah it was i've seen it twice this season already oh wait or and who's in it is uh, tia tia leone we've talked about this
1: who no we haven't you remember this you remember she married david dachovny i think yes and which was pretty serious
0: problems so i understand it since he's a sex addict
1: he certainly played one but yes it was easy to play true All right, man. Let's see. See you next time. May old
0: acquaintance be forgot. Who? As we end this cruel year. Oh, the next podcast I'm looking forward to because things will be so clear. Oh, 2020, you were bad to us. And 2021 is coming near. Oh, the truth is All about us, dear It's time For a new year Hey, man Hey, man No Hey, man Did you see the Tom Cruise movie Where the chimpanzee Was named Hey, man? With Alec Baldwin As the as the hippie long-haired Owner of the rock and roll joint And Tom Cruise As the mega rock star with With fucking Oh, my God, man you haven't seen this?
1: I don't know, but it's time to say goodnight. Good night. See you, my man.
0: We need two hours. I got nothing else to do.
1: <laughs> you don't have to be down and <laughs> spend
0: time with your family. Oh hey let's <laughs> Hey, I know. Let's do another episode in about 30 minutes. You, you go ahead and freshen up. I'll call you back. Yeah,
1: it's fucking 1 o'clock. Goodnight, my man. Okay, that does it for episode number 91. Happy New Year, everybody. We made it to 2021. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash happy hour. And the show notes for this episode can be found at happyhour.fm slash 091. We're approaching the 100 mark where that zero is actually going to become useful. Hope you guys have a great year. Let's make the best we can do. We'll see you next week.